But I must rectify your error concerning myself. You think, no doubt, that I have acquired, without labor and trouble, the ease which I now enjoy. But do not mistake, I did not attain to this happy condition without enduring for several years more trouble of body and mind than can well be imagined. "'Yes, gentlemen,' he added, speaking to the whole company, "'I can assure you my troubles were so extraordinary "'that they were calculated to discourage the most covetous "'from undertaking such voyages as I did to acquire riches. "'Perhaps you have never heard a distinct account of my wonderful adventures, "'and since I have this opportunity, "'I will give you a faithful account of them, "'not doubting, but it will be acceptable.' THE FIRST VOYAGE I inherited from my father considerable property, the greater part of which I squandered in my youth and dissipation. But I perceived my error, and reflected that riches were perishable, and quickly consumed by such ill-managers as myself. I further considered that by my irregular way of living, I wretchedly misspent my time, which is of all things the most valuable. Struck with these reflections, I collected the remains of my fortune and sold all my effects by public auction. I then entered into a contract with some merchants who traded by sea. I took the advice of such as I thought most capable, and resolving to improve what money I had, I embarked with several merchants on board a ship which we had jointly fitted out. We set sail, and steered our course toward the Indies through the Persian Gulf, which is formed by the coasts of Arabia Felix on the right, and by those of Persia on the left. At first I was troubled with seasickness, but speedily recovered my health, and was not afterwards subject to that complaint. In our voyage we touched at several islands, where we sold or exchanged our goods— one day, whilst under sail, we were becalmed near a small island, but little elevated above the level of the water, and resembling a green meadow. The captain ordered his sails to be furled, and permitted such persons as were so inclined to land, of which number I was one. But while we were enjoying ourselves in eating and drinking, and recovering ourselves from the fatigue of the sea, the island on a sudden trembled and shook us terribly. The motion was perceived on board the ship, and we were called upon to re-embark speedily, or we should all be lost, for what we took for an island proved to be the back of a sea monster. The nimblest got into the sloop, others betook themselves to swimming, but for myself I was still upon the back of the creature when he dived into the sea, and I had time only to catch hold of a piece of wood that we had brought out of the ship. Meanwhile, the captain, having received those on board who were in the sloop, and taken up some of those that swam, resolved to improve the favorable gale that had just risen, and, hoisting his sails, pursued his voyage, so that it was impossible for me to recover the ship. Thus was I exposed to the mercy of the waves all the rest of the day and the following night. By this time I found my strength gone, and despaired of saving my life, when happily a wave threw me against an island. The bank was high and rugged, so that I could scarcely have got up, had it not been for some roots of trees which chance placed within reach. Having gained the land, I lay down upon the ground half dead, until the sun appeared. Then, though I was very feeble— 
both from hard labor and want of food, I crept along to find some herbs fit to eat, and had the good luck not only to procure some, but likewise to discover a spring of excellent water, which contributed much to recover me. After this I advanced farther into the island, and at last reached a fine plain where at a great distance I perceived some horses feeding. I went toward them, and as I approached, heard the voice of a man who immediately appeared and asked me who I was. I related to him my adventure, after which, taking me by the hand, he led me into a cave where there were several other people, no less amazed to see me than I was to see them. I partook of some provisions which they offered me. I then asked them what they did in such a desert place, to which they answered that they were grooms belonging to the Maharaja, sovereign of the island, and that every year at the same season they brought thither the king's horses for pasturage. They added that they were to return home on the morrow.